Hello, everyone, and welcome to Passionately Interested, a podcast where we discuss the things we're passionately interested in. I'm your spooky host, Curtis. And I'm your nerdy host, Nick. So, I have a topic right off the bat. I'm just swinging straight <laughs> into it. This, it, it, it's not exactly what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Like, I'm really excited to get into the actual content. Yeah, I heard you pulling it up before we started. You wouldn't say what it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, so there's, there's this thing that has been popping up on TikTok a lot. People kind of recently, it's been known, but now it's just kind of seeped into the, like, public knowledge have you heard of something called the deep scattering layer no so the deep scattering layer is it was previously thought to be by uh by scientists due to sonar scans the ocean floor until as they continued to scan it over time they noticed that it was moving and shifting shape which they're like well you know the floor of the ocean shouldn't be doing that and what they found out it actually is is a layer like a thick layer of fish that is so dense that it reflects sonar so that it appears like it's the floor of the ocean uh-huh, uh-huh. and people say nick why don't you like the ocean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it, it says I have I have the Wikipedia page pulled up. And one of the things that it says is that it is sometimes called the false bottom or phantom bottom, because, again, w- due to sonar scans, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the bottom of the ocean. No, the fuck it's not. It's actually a giant, <laughs> super thick layer of fish. They are. It, it, it's all super small mesopelagic fish which have these uh swim bladders that actually reflect the sonar so it like hits it and it uh uh, deflects and like refracts the sonar which makes it look like it is a a solid layer on the bottom of the ocean the the layer is so thick that they uh because it what one of the fish that it's made up of is lantern fish the deep scattering layer is so thick that it is thought that it contains 65% of all fish matter in the ocean. Hmm. So the deep scattering layer consists or, or like makes up 65% of all fish biomass in the ocean. So I'm going to ask the real question. Okay. What are they trying to hide? <laughs> I had that <laughs> thought earlier. I'm like, what are they protecting us from? <laughs> because apparently they're like deep sea fish, you know, because it, it the for them to think that it's the bottom of the ocean, the layer would have to be really far down anyways. I mean, I figured it wasn't like 10 feet down or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I believe 1000 at uh, between 1000 and 1500. So 1500 feet or 300 meters to 460 meters below the surface is about where the deep scattering layer is. I <laughs> I almost used their abbreviation because they're calling it DSL. I'm like, I'm not going to refer to it as DSL because this is going on the internet and that is a different thing entirely. <laughs> I really don't think I should talk about how these this DSL is between 1,500, uh, uh, 1,500 feet below the surface. I mean, mm. you could call it by its original name since I've looked it up now, the ECR layer. I did see that. Well, what, remind uh, me what If you want to avoid for. that uh, acronym. Uh, ECR, it's the initial of the three people who discovered it. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool, but less interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, it's not, it doesn't stand for anything fun. It's just, you know, their names. Right. So one thing that it was talking about in the couple of the videos and stuff that I was watching is that they have discovered that the deep scattering layer actually during the night moves up to the surface. And then during the day it comes back down. And they actually the, the layer actually follows the moon cycle like it, it it follows the the pulling and pushing of the ocean which actually it's not actually pulling and pushing i don't know mm. if i've brought this up either on the podcast or with you nick but here's something else that really freaked my bean that i learned the other day <laughs> is that the tides don't actually come in and out correct 
it is that the ocean is ovular shaped and we spin inside of this oval of water. Yes. So the the ocean is sh- all, like shaped in an oblong shape pulled by the sun and moon and that stays still and the earth just spins inside of it and that's what makes the tides. <laughs> yeah. It's don't, the wonderful don't, gravitational yeah, pull like of the moon. Yeah, like that's a normal thing. Listen, I there was a period where I was obsessed with astronomy and Boy, that's always fun. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's fascinating. But it's also like, mm, no, I don't No, I don't think so. I, I believe you. But I don't like it. That's not OK. Well, it's, one of those one, it's one of those wonderful things when you start learning about astronomy, you just kind of slowly close books and just go yep, one day, just going to be yeah. walking and boop. Off it goes. Off, we're off into space we go. Well, I mean, it's like your whole thing last episode where you were talking about how the moon is moving further away. Yeah. Like, it's just, that The moon's that moving further away. Okay. The earth is slowly slowing down rotation-wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's that all kinds sucks. of fun things. <laughs> I mean, yes, these are, we're talking time scales way outside of human existence. So nothing really to concern ourselves about, but. Right. Long story short, we are insignificant. Yeah. Speck of dust <laughs> on rock moving through space. Oh, time doesn't really a, exist. We are a speck on a mode of dust suspended in a sunbeam. Yeah. Uh, sometime we're going to have dot. to get into, to like, we, I, I want to do an episode on just like weird facts not not just like more than our normal ones. Okay, I understand that that's what the <laughs> podcast is, but I want I want to do one that's just random. Like we don't necessarily have mm. a a a like theme theme other than let's just hit each other with the weird stuff we know because there's yeah, a whole just... thing about the color purple that I love to talk about, but I'm not. But now is not the time. Uh oh god, what was it? What was it? What was it? Blue. The color blue is also a fun one. We'll cover that a different day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll do one where it's just us. Like, did you know it's weird? <laughs> so we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll just be like, "What's the plan for this episode?" Well, we're just gonna bounce, you know, things back and forth and see how long it takes for us to just finally give up. This whole episode is just freaking each other's beans. Take, Not this one. I guess take the theoretical, that <laughs> theoretically freaking each other's beans. <laughs> yeah. This one, we do have a specific topic in mind, which is a topic I enjoy, especially when we get into TV shows looking for these things. Oh, Those yeah. Those are so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Literally never find them, but it's, but it's listen, still so it's They still, always come so close. I know. They're, they're like, I. oh, is that it? Is that it? Oh, we missed oh, it with the camera. Oh, no. Something broke a stick. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen... I cannot remember the name of the show. I really hope that you, I mean, you Google fast. It's the BuzzFeed paranormal show. No. It I is. was actually just Googling to make sure I got the name of my personal favorite show on this topic up. Destination Truth? No, Mountain Monsters. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to watch Destination Truth. Like, I've seen the whole show, but it's like, <laughs> I have not seen Mountain Monsters. Mountain Monsters is, uh, I guess, the best way of describing it. It's, uh, it's a group of guys from West Virginia mm-hmm. who travel the Appalachian Mountains looking for cryptids. And that's really my favorite cool. thing. It's like every episode, like, all right, this is the cryptid we're looking for. Here's all this background on it. They talk to people, interview about it, and then they go hunting. Oh, <laughs> and they boy. set traps. Oh boy. <laughs> I like that. Now, I will admit I haven't seen every episode. I've seen a good chunk of them because boy oh boy, when I can catch those marathons, those are fun. So I don't know if the traps happen every episode, but I'm pretty sure they do. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I am going to interject one thing because I can already hear a couple of people that we know, especially one person in particular, Cody. <laughs> I'm going to it's Appalachia not Appalachia Listen, no uh-uh <laughs> I am from Michigan it is Appalachian oh, you want to sure. talk about those mountains to me <laughs> Appalachian mountains oh boy it's like oh I, I listen I fully acknowledge that people in Michigan pronounce everything wrong but 
It is my culture, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Okay. All right. You got me. I mean, well, here's the thing, too, though. There are some there are some um, cities in Indiana that are named the same as cities in Michigan and in Michigan, like La Fontaine. There's also what should be called La Fontaine in Indiana. No, it's La Fountain. (laughs) i'm like why did i move here (laughs) i was tricked listen it has a lot to do with the fact that michigan it's it's got a lot of french influence surprisingly oh yeah don't look at any of our city names. <laughs> they tried. It's not how it it's worked like, out. Throw a dartboard at the map. You're going to get one of three languages for a city. Yeah. It's either going to be native, mm-hmm. French, mm-hmm. or English. Even mix. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes combined. <laughs> and, or my favorite one is, you know, we get all the French named cities that we then just decide, nah, we're going to pronounce them our way. Yeah, we're going to make up the <laughs> pronunciations as we go. I would, <laughs> I I didn't interrupt you, but you did in fact say throw a dartboard at a map. <laughs> listen, listen, it has been a long day. I know. Throw a dart at a map. Better? <laughs> throw a dartboard at a map. You hit all of Michigan. It's fine. Well, no, not necessarily. Small <laughs> dartboard, very large map. Yeah. Or it hits sideways <laughs> and it only gets the thumb of the mitten. Yeah, or you have my kind of accuracy when it comes to darts, and you miss. Yeah, I will never, ever get over the fact that every single one of you, is when you're like, it's like, where is this city? You hold your fucking hand up and point at it Listen. like it means anything. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's our state. I know it is to you, but I'm like, this, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. It makes sense. So we're going to talk about cryptids. <laughs> I think we Oh, said I thought that. this was an Indiana-Michigan rivalry episode. Oh, no. I mean, that's almost what it turned into. <laughs> but here's Listen. the thing. Here's the thing, Nick. I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up here. I don't have any sort of major attachment to this state. Well, at least you're not from Ohio. Oh, no. <laughs> but Ohio has the Toledo Zoo that we ran into each other it, on accident. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but... <laughs> Speaking of Toledo, uh-huh. it's the reason why our states have a rivalry. Oh. Michigan and Ohio fought a war. Oh. <laughs> Quote, unquote, war. Huh. I, I did. Yeah, the Toledo War. Wow. I legitimately did not know that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were definitely uh, escalating to conflict for the Toledo Strip before national troops stepped in and had us calm down. Oh, I believe no. the only casualties of that conflict were a broken finger and a dead pig. Oh, no, not the pig. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I don't I don't know if you've seen cryptic Ohio TikTok. That's just good, though. If not, I will send it to you. I mean, I love cryptic TikTok. Anybody who hasn't seen it, just go look like try and try and find you can probably find it on YouTube or something. But cryptic Ohio YouTube, uh, uh, TikTok, wow, I'm getting them all mixed up now. Oh, yeah. yep. No, I know what you're talking about. It's so funny. It is hilarious. He's just going on and on about, like, these pillars stand as a, a, a symbol of the those who watch over us. <laughs> I don't... I don't know if we want you attached to us anymore, Ohio. <laughs> Ohio's a... You're making it scarier. Listen, listen. Ohio has some good things. Like... Give me a minute. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it, it, it's got zoos and Cedar Point. Yeah. Those are two go. good things about. Okay. That's more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. All right. We did it. So we're going to talk about, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about cryptids now. <laughs> there, there are, yes, there the are actual s- topic. Yeah. There are so many more indiana cryptids than i previously thought i thought we had like two because i i had heard of the beast of busco because i'm actually like 13 minutes from trebusco where i live i think i just accidentally slightly doxed myself so (laughs) oops but the beast of busco is like this dinner table sized snapping turtle that 
I think was cited once or twice in the 70s, I would say. And I don't think it's ever been seen since then, but Trebusco made it literally their entire personality. You know, I don't know if that makes a cryptid more or less terrifying if people are like, we haven't seen it in 50 years. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Like, <laughs> it, is that like, oh, sweet, it's gone. Or, you know, the other side of, it's waiting. They got real good at hiding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's waiting beneath the waves. So it was first spotted in 1898, and then it was later spotted in 1948. So 50 years later, oh no, that's, oh no, that's not great. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, at that point, there should have been a sighting in 98. Yeah, I mean, maybe there was, and they didn't live to talk about it. (laughs) 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 But that's like literally their whole thing is that one cryptid that they spotted twice because they have deemed themselves Turtle Town, USA. Listen, when you are a small town and anything iconic happens, such as a cryptid, Mm -hmm. welcome, that's your new identity. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? That's totally fair. There's like nothing going on in Cherbusco. It's like you got to have something to put your name on the map. So you know what? Freakishly large turtle? Yep. That's it. That'll do it. That'll do it. So the, I mean, you have a massive list of cryptids for Michigan. Oh yeah, I I pulled up a big list. Uh, some of them I am familiar with. Other ones I'd never heard of before. Of course, the most famous Michigan cryptid that I'm sure anyone who knows anything about cryptids and Michigan has heard of, and that is the Michigan Dogman. Yes, that that one makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> because we're I don't think we're that far away from like that area like where it was spotted when we're LARPing in the woods eh, you just don't go anywhere alone or be very loud I do both of those all of the time Nick listen there's a reason I wear over 100 bells on my outfit Curtis <laughs> yeah you're the you're the target <laughs> no I'm scaring it away okay you know yep yep that'll do it <laughs> but no, uh, to put your concerns at ease, the sightings of the Dogman are typically in the upper parts of Michigan. Okay. So okay. not where we play. <laughs> right, yeah, that's good. That makes me feel better, at least a little yeah. bit. Uh, so for anyone who isn't aware of what the Dogman is, it's a pretty, I'm not going to lie, it's a very uncreative name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's essentially like a werewolf type creature mm-hmm. when you really break it down occasionally and this article mentions it native americans and wendigos but right and yes i understand the whole belief about speaking its name summons it you're in a house it's okay <laughs> just don't go outside <laughs> that's what they want you to think yeah, that's what they want you to think you're safe now but you know from everything i've read it's very much essentially werewolf yes i well werewolf in the sense of humanoid wolf not necessarily a full-on werewolf situation type thing. right i i saw it said something uh, i i brought up an article earlier and it was talking about how it has the head of a wolf or like a canine and then the torso of a man and then its howl sounds like a man screaming and i'm like that's just a guy <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's the dog man in the distance they just hear yeah, it supposedly is a very, very much human scream, which, I mean, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm out in the woods at night and I hear a human scream, be it human or human-esque, uh, I'm leaving. Yeah, no, you don't <laughs> investigate. These We use, no. we, we use that's Appalachian f- rules because they're smart. <laughs> and like, it's unfortunate for anyone who may be in danger or need help. Uh, bye. Yeah, I mean, there are animals, like, leaving out supernatural anything, there are animals that sound like humans screaming, like mountain lions. Yes, there are legitimate predatory animals that make sounds that very much sound like humans. Yeah. And and that's not going into the whole birds mimicking us. That's a whole different, wonderful territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking specifically, like you were talking about, you know, like predatory cats. 
And yeah. yeah, some of their screams can sound very human-like. Yeah, it's not okay. Sometimes, the, the unfortunate thing is, our world doesn't even need the existence of cryptids and, like, shit like SCPs, because it's just scary. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's enough real-world terror out there. We don't need to go making up more shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need more monsters. We have plenty of them. Tell me more about the Dogman. Uh, well... The reason the Dogman is so widespread is it can be traced to one man. Okay. A Traverse City DJ by the name of Steve Cook, who has a song called The Legend, which is essentially a song about the tales of the Dogman. Oh! And of course, if you get a song out there, yeah, it's... It's gonna spread. Gonna be more well-known. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, essentially, the... Most sightings of the Dogman tend to be concentrated in the northwestern part of the Lower Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So Traverse City is up there, so that would very much explain it. Right. Uh, when was the first sighting? I, I think wa- I saw okay, 1898 or some shit. 1887. Damn, I was close. Is the supposed first sighting. Uh, seven foot tall, blue eyed or amber eyed, which amber eyed, that's not as surprising. That's just a wolf. Right. Blue eyed, it's a little rare, can still happen. So I think someone just got a little drunk in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Blue eyes, white dog, man. <laughs> Send you to the shadow yeah. realm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was uh, two lumberjacks who said they saw a creature that had a man's body and a dog's head. Oh, my gosh. Their friend Ted just scared them. Uh, the 1937 in Paris, Michigan. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. A man by the name of Robert Fortnoy, Fortney, Fortney, uh, was attacked by five wild dogs and said one of them walked on two legs. Oh, oh no! I, oh no! That would be <laughs> that was that is not okay. Now the question there: Was it the dog man, or was it just a very odd dog? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dogs. Uh, uh, there's 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 video evidence out there of dogs just walking around on their hind legs. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's real upsetting. It's really it's... bad. <laughs> Quick, pause the uh, episode. Look up that video, a video of a dog walking on two legs. Then get back to us. It's it, it's yeah. It's just you just look at it and go no. Yeah, no, no. I I see I see your back from watching that. Didn't that fucking suck? <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about it that makes your brain go. This is incorrect. It should yeah, not be happening. No, that's not how that should work at all. Yeah, so since then, there have been multiple reports of the Dogman mm-hmm. in Allegan County and in Manistee in uh, the 50s and 60s. Okay. Not really much in the way of, like, big sightings of the Dogman since then. Okay. But, again, that raises the question of, is it gone or is it just real good at hiding now? <laughs> yeah. Did it move on? Well, y- you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Don't say uh, that. There is a very similar creature in Wisconsin called the Beast of Bray Road <gasps> You're or right. the Wisconsin You're Werewolf. You're right. So maybe it did move on. Maybe it did move on. <laughs> I, yikes. <laughs> well, because the, the, the first Bray Road sighting was in the mid-1900s. So Right, yeah. Could be. It could be. <laughs> and it's... <sighs> I, I, I've thought about it a handful of times just like because this kind of stuff fascinates the the hell out of me. Mm. And I've kind of thought like it, it could be possible, you know, like with a like a, a, a suspense of disbelief. Right. Like what if cryptids are actually like spirits almost closer to those like similar to like Irish and uh, uh, like Scottish Fae and stuff like that. Like, what if they aren't actually? And that's why they are are sighted f- over such a long period of time is not because it's like a species of creature, but like because it's something that it isn't necessarily like mortal, quote unquote. I know this is like the most conspiracy thing I've literally <laughs> ever said. It's just a, a like a, an idea that I have entertained. Like that that could make sense why Bigfoot has been sighted so many places for such a long period of time that like literally no animal could live that like that lifespan. Well, I mean, if it's not a tortoise, the, the, I should say. The popular theory is that it's 
Bigfoot isn't just one thing. It's species. Right, right. Oh, for, for sure. And the thing is, these things could just be very elusive species of animals, just not large populations. Right. Which would explain the long spans between seeing them. They could be, I don't know, an alternate dimension pressing into ours and occasionally they cross over. There's so many potential theories out there. <laughs> there is. There is, in but fact. my favorite thing about cryptids is how many of them, you know, how many of them are seen in the woods away from civilization, which makes sense. You're it not does. typically going to see them in civilized areas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'll get to some of those later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that goes into the whole thing of, what is it, like something around 1,600 people go missing? I was literally <laughs> about to Google that. The fact, yeah. the fact that, like, over a 1,000 people disappear in the woods every year and then show back up. That's just not just in the woods. That's, that's national parks. National parks, yeah, national parks specifically. Thousands, yeah. like, o- over a 1,000 people every year go missing in national parks and then show back up fine a couple of days later and they have no idea where they were that whole time and no one else does so it's kind of one of those things of like maybe walking into the woods you're no longer where you started i guess is one way to look at it maybe there's a reason our government decided to set aside these chunks of land and protect them oh who knows (laughs) if you never hear from us again it's because we got we're onto something should we have made so, tinfoil hats for this episode, Nick, do you think? <laughs> no, this isn't, no, no, we'll do conspiracy theories another time. Oh, that's no. when we'll bust out the tinfoil oh, that hats. Oh, that's going to be fun. Okay, okay, okay. All right, con- uh, continue. So, continuing on the list of Michigan cryptids, mm-hmm. there's probably the one that literally everybody knows. And I'm not talking about just people who are familiar with Michigan cryptids. I'm talking about people who are familiar with cryptids, and even those who aren't. Bigfoot. Now, see, I didn't know that there were Bigfoot sightings in Michigan. There are Bigfoot sightings pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, which it's it says something about basically anything. That cool, great, great, well-generalized comment on my behalf. You're welcome. I guarantee that that was helpful. <laughs> what, I, what I was trying to say... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like that either says a lot about the the like public consciousness that because it's so well known everybody sees it or it means that there's a Bigfoot everywhere. And I don't know which one. I mean, one of them's definitely more fun than the other one. Like the idea that there are Bigfoots everywhere or that Bigfoot is an interdimensional traveler who just moves from one place to another as it pleases. Well, I mean, I don't know if you ever read the book Devolution by Max Brooks. I have not. It's very much in the same lane of, you know, the zombie survival guide and World War Z, you know, the firsthand accounts, quote unquote. Okay, yeah. Uh, This one is about the Rainier Sasquatch Massacre in the Pacific Northwest. And one of the things it talks about in that is that, well, Sasquatch, they're not just in the Northwest. They're all over. There's pockets of them everywhere. Like the, the, the whole concept of this book is that they actually used to be more advanced than us. Oh. But somehow we got the upper hand. I can't remember why. It says in the book. Uh, and we essentially pushed them out into the wilderness. And they've been waiting ever since. Oh, that's. And that's the whole concept of that book. Okay. Uh, but that's about the whole Bigfoot everywhere type thing. That's what got me on that topic. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. That sounds <laughs> awful. Like <laughs> that book sounds really cool, but I. Uh, um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're telling me you're not going to be thinking about any of this when you're walking through our incredibly dark campsite at the next event, right? I hate you so <laughs> so much. <laughs> Luckily, I have some bells on me, too. Thank you for the present. So at least people know where I am. Right. Okay. I'm going to take our mayor with me everywhere we go. And she's going to keep me from dying because she's gonna, she's way tougher than Goodwin. So did you want to do another Indiana cryptid? Or? I did. and But at, before we moved away from it, just while, it, while it's still, it's oh, still yeah. relevant, and because I just mentioned her character... Our friend Sandy has actually talked to me about the fact that she went dogman hunting a a handful of years ago. She said she didn't find anything, but she like 
went up to where a lot of the sightings are and actually like I think she said she had like equipment and stuff with her and she just walked around in the woods trying to find Dogman and I don't See. know how she possibly I love scary stuff I could never listen uh you said she had equipment I think so I guarantee her definition of equipment appropriate for hunting Dogman is very different from my definition of equipment appropriate for hunting dogmen. <laughs> and we talked about that beforehand. Uh, I'm talking, if I'm going dogman hunting, I would need M1 Abrams tank. Yeah. Because yeah, then yeah, I yeah. would feel safe-ish. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. I'm pretty sure she was walking around with like a video camera, like, dogman, come on, boy. Oh, so she was just trying to start a found yeah, footage horror movie. Gotcha. To, I'm going to give it a big old hug. Oh my gosh, our friends are ridiculous. All we found was this video camera with this incredibly <laughs> shaky footage. Fucking Blair Witch shit. I can't. I feel like she said she was with like maybe one friend, but would either of us be surprised? If she's like, no, I just went by myself. Nah. See, if I'm going dog man hunting, my group would probably be able to constitute small village. Yeah. 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 There's the entire concept of safety in numbers, as well as the concept of, I don't have to run faster than it, I just have to run faster yeah. than you. <laughs> the concept that, of me. That's a shields. lot of use. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I actually want to go over some of the ones that I haven't heard about. I, I love that this article refers to the cryptids as spine tingling. It's like, I don't know that I would say that they're spine-tinglingly scary, but they're definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I guess if you experience them. But anyways, the first one on the list is the Indiana Wildmen, and apparently they are similar to Bigfoot. So I don't know what makes them necessarily different than Bigfoot. I guess we'll get there. But they are... They come out of the... Oh, it says the country's northwest corner, but we're not... Okay. Oh, while most Bigfoot reports come out of the... I need to learn how to read. I swear I'm literate. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> December 30, 1839, in Pennsylvania... A, a, an article in a Pennsylvania newspaper tells of a four-foot-tall wild child covered in light brown hair. <laughs> it's like the Bugs Bunny. Light brown hair. <laughs> We're all over the place tonight. I am so sorry. <laughs> Running among the hills in Michigan City. And that's okay. A Pennsylvania <laughs> newspaper talking about a kid running around in the hills in Michigan City, Indiana. That's a lot. Welcome to the United States. God, we are not creative. Midwest. Woo woo. <laughs> Another wild child was sought by a posse of 300. In- see, see, that... That is dog man hunting. That's numbers. dog man hunting, Sandy. <laughs> that is what you take with you. <laughs> uh, uh, but sought after by a posse of 300 in 1860 in Carroll County. And in 1937, an animal described as a monster hairy ape, giant sloth, and cross between a sloth and an ape was believed to be stalking the Boonville area. That's are they sure it wasn't just a giant sloth? I mean, those were a thing. Yeah, not, I mean, not that recently. Not, no, not, <laughs> not, in the, no, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you say that, but they've discovered in Madagascar evidence that the giant sloth, uh, the giant lemur existed up to within a thousand years ago. Yeah, a thousand years is not under a hundred. Nothing. <laughs> But that's no, um, nothing compared to But, time. I mean, that very much touches on the topic that a lot of people think that cryptids, especially the sea monster cryptids, uh-huh. are just dinosaurs that didn't go extinct. Right, They're yeah. just still around. Yeah. They're not mesopelagic. That's the other thing I said. Mesop- <laughs> no, not Mesopotamian. Not Mesopotamian. We're just going to move on because I have lost what <laughs> word I was trying to say. Mesozoic. Thank you, sir. That one. Yes. Golly. Okay. So, uh, 
Modern day reports persist, especially in areas near Crosley State Fish and Wildlife Area, where visitors to the woods report seeing the Crosley Monster, an eight foot tall, hairy, bipedal creature whose hideous howls will stop you in your tracks. It's very presumptuous of you, article. So Bigfoot. Yeah, pretty. Just yeah, it's just an eight. It's just an eight foot tall Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, but the whole thing is that Bigfoot is anywhere between like six and ten feet tall. So the Crosley monster would just be an average Bigfoot. Yeah, that's that. That's pretty straight yeah. down the middle of that of that height difference, right? Yeah. Also, I'm no, I don't know if I would be afraid of a Bigfoot that's my height because <laughs> I'm six uh, I foot one. I, I, I'm. I'm more likely to throw hands with a six-foot Bigfoot than a ten-foot Bigfoot. Ten-foot Bigfoot, I'm going to bow graciously and say, excuse me, my lord, I will be just on my way. (laughs) But a six-foot Bigfoot, I'll be like, what's good? I mean, you say that, but I just want you to put something into your head. Okay. Something else that is six feet when standing up is a male gorilla. Oh, no. So, just envision that. Yeah, I mean, and we literally were just at the Toledo Zoo comparing the fact that a gorilla's hand is larger than my head. Yeah. They they had these, like, <laughs> brass molds of, uh, it was like a, a human hand and then a chimpanzee it was, hand. Uh, it was chimpanzee, orangutan, orangutan, and gorilla. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. And the gorilla one, I just slowly turned to Nick and then laid my head down on the gorilla mold <laughs> and it was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was I was just standing there with my hand next to the chimpanzee one going, oh, it's about my size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scary, scary stuff. So, yeah. okay, maybe I wouldn't throw hands with a six-foot big <laughs> Maybe I, mean, I You can sur- try, just yeah. saying. <laughs> my survival instincts are a little bit... Maybe, hopefully, a little bit better than that. Who knows? Yeah. Though, one there's of those things you never know until you're in that situation. And boy, do I never want to be in that situation. No, 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 no. no. I'd rather just never find out. <laughs> so yeah. an- the next one on the list is the Mud Mermaids. <laughs> which, That's a fun name. Yeah, it is. It says Indiana is without an oceanic coastline. No shit. We're in the middle. We're landlocked. Thank you hey. very much. Uh, you got lakes got Indiana Beach. Stuff. <laughs> I mean, Indiana Beach is a place. It's just on a lake. <laughs> when, you, when you're landlocked, you make your own beaches. <laughs> In 1894, two Ohio... It's never reported in Indiana. Two Ohio newspapers reported sightings of the creature on the Ohio River near Vevey, Indiana. Well, I'm just going to say, the reason why... Indiana newspapers typically aren't reporting on this stuff in Indiana is because Indiana newspapers go, you're going to make our state look bad. We're not posting it. And so <laughs> they go to, to other states here. and those states go, oh yeah, we'll make fun of Indiana. Yeah. Ohio's like, oh dude, you, I, you'll never guess this. So it, it goes on to say these quote unquote mud mermaids had apparently taken up residence on a sandbar in the river. According to the Cincinnati Inquirer, the creatures were purportedly to be about five feet in length with a yellowish color and the extre- and the extremities resemble hands and web and are webbed and furnished with sharp claws. Ugh. The mermaid was devoid of hair but had ears that were sharp pointed and stand up like those of a dog. That's this is one of the worst things I have ever read. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> so, you mentioned the mud mermaids. Yes. Which, lo and behold, being the Great Lakes state, let me tell you about the Michigan mermen. Okay, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, so, it's it's a cryptid that originally came about in Ojibwe legend. Okay. And boy, am I not going to try and pronounce the native yeah names for yeah, these yeah, things because yeah, 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 yeah. it gives two of them and no hence michigan mermen they were hairy-faced child-sized humanoids dwelling in the rocks by lake superior okay the only sighting that i see on this thing here was in uh the late 1700s wow yeah uh but that was according to some natives their faces are covered in fur 
Others say they lack noses. Like there's a lot of different descriptions of these things. Right. So the Westerner account that happened May 3rd, 1782. Mm-hmm. Venice St. Germain was heading west to Fort... Oh, really? <laughs> no. Uh, it, luckily, it gives a modern-day name next to it. I'm going to redo that sentence. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, okay, okay. On May 3rd, 1782, Venice St. Germain was heading west to Thunder Bay. At okay. the western end of Lake Superior, traveling on a canoe crewed by three men and an old woman of the Ojibwe Nation. That evening, the team camped in Pie Island, and St. Germain decided to go fishing. Uh, in the twilight, when he was returning to the bee, in the twilight, when he was returning to their camp, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. Listen, some words. It's fine. It's uh, fine. We're falling apart. It's okay. <laughs> in the twilight, when he was returning to the to his camp, uh, he spotted an unknown creature swimming in the lake about 150 200 feet away. Being had a chest similar to an. Uh, eight-year-old's child, brownish skin, short woolly hair, and extremely brilliant eyes. That's in quotes. So that's how they described him. So okay. obviously, you know, bright, shiny. Ooh. Ooh, uh, yeah. Kept half its body out of the water with one arm raised and the other pressed on its hip. I don't know why it gives such a... <laughs> I, I am a little oh, teapot, oh. short and stout. So it had this posture, which is a posture tr- traditionally attributed to this native creature or this native legend. Okay. So that's why. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the lower part of the body, although immersed, appeared to be fish-like. St. Germain called his, companion, called his companions, who managed to see the creature and then ran to seek his rifle. But when he pointed the weapon towards the creature, he was then intercepted by the Ojibwe woman who was with him, who stopped him from shooting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The creature plunged into the water and didn't reappear. Okay. Yeah, probably for the best that he didn't shoot the thing. Yeah. That was more than likely like a water spirit, because, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The woman sharply reprimanded him for wanting to shoot the god from the water in the lakes. Uh Uh-huh. Called it. She predicted that the creature would send a storm to them, an event that did not fail to occur. That evening around 11, a storm started, which was soon of such intensity that the travelers were forced to draw their boat onto a bank and take refuge on the heights of the island. Mm-hmm. The storm lasted three, di- three days, preventing them from leaving. Holy crap. <laughs> so Michigan got a hurricane. Pretty much. It's, oh, look, look at this wonderful, majestic <laughs> god of the waters. I'm going to shoot it. I am white man. I will shoot it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic, classic European import. It's not the word I wanted, but that's the one I chose. Imperial mindset. Yeah, no, I was colonials. I ah, guess that was go. the yep. one. Yeah, no, European imports. That's what they all are. <laughs> that's what we're all just <laughs> European imports. So I, I also have a, I, I, I won't call it a cryptid because it is a like, native american legend so it's more like a legendary creature mm. in indiana and this is actually one of the ones that i knew about and i'm going to take gonna take a crack at naming the uh, the name of the creature Meshekenabek. that's probably pretty close i mean that's what i was gonna go with yeah that's look like that's what it looks like phonetically without understanding if there's any different pronunciations with the language it was originally in mm. the potawatomi so this creature, I'll just make it easier on myself, was first reported in a Logan's in, in the Logansport Telegraph in 1838, and it was described as a 60-foot-long snake-like creature with a head shaped like a cow's head, about three feet across, and a quote-unquote dingy color with bright yellow spots. Now the the lake that it is like supposedly in is Lake Manitou, which is roughly translated to Devil's Lake, and there's this really cool cryptid and like cryptid and paranormal and just kind of like there's a lot a lot of times they talk about kind of like scary people in general called uh, the podcast it, it's a podcast called Lore and it is a really cool podcast you should totally check it out but there he he actually did an episode on the uh meshikinabek hey look i did it hell yeah that was like without (laughs) thinking too look at me golly all right well shit okay 
I'm <laughs> I lost my train of thought because I was so impressed with my just <laughs> slam out of that name. But he did a and the podcast is by a man named Aaron Mankey. So Aaron Mankey did did an episode on this creature and was talking about how there's apparently a secondary legend that they, he was able to find through research about this creature. In there, there is a native legend that he uh, th- there was a man whose kids went down to the lake's shore and were down there playing. And then soon after, one of the boys, one of the boys was his son and, and the other one was not. So the, the the friend of his sons came running back, telling him that they were attacked by something on the shore. And he ran down there and saw the silhouette of his son on the shoreline. And when he started to get closer and called out to him, he saw through this like light fog that was coming off of the lake that his son was his son's body was like limp and there was a horn sticking through his son's chest. And the legend says that the creature was trying to use his son to bait him close enough to the water that it could get him to. And he camped out on this lakeside, like on the shore for three days, all the while this creature stayed there with the, the body of his son and then on the third day, it like slowly pulled back into the lake. So one horrifying. That's that <laughs> story is so scary. Like the only thing creepier than like those kind of monsters is those kind of monsters with intelligence. I yeah, I know because that's that is a very I I have something that I know will bring more of you closer mm. because it was imitating a person standing there. Now, something else that he talked about with this creature that I find really fascinating is when they were building a dam in the, I think it was late 1800s, early 1900s, they were they were building a dam on Lake Manitou, and they kept having to replace their construction workers on the dam because they kept quitting because they said that they were, they kept seeing some large shape moving in the water and it scared them so bad that they kept quitting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like early 1900s, I believe it's not showing in this, this is off of memory. So maybe my date, my date for that might be slightly wrong, but I was so fascinated by that episode that it just stuck in there. There's an, there's another, this it's related, but not necessarily the same. And I can't remember the name of the creature. I would have to do some deep Googling. I'm not going to do that right now. I just kind of want to talk about the main, like the, the main cool part of it. It's another mm. Native American legend creature. There is apparently a lake that is near the, I think the border of Indiana and Ohio, Indiana and I think Pennsylvania is right below us. One of the two. Either way, there's this lake that a battle was fought on by two warring tribes. And again, this is according to legend. Don't don't. It's not necessarily historical fact that that happened. I'm not 100 percent sure. But (laughs) this during this battle, they were tipping each other's canoes over to dump each other into the water because there was supposedly a giant water beast that lived in this lake and their mentality was we're going to dump you in the water and you will die <laughs> like uh, i mean i can see the, the 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 train of thought there yeah i know that's just terrifying though like you're fighting a battle and then they just row up to you and push your your canoe upside down and now you're in the lake that you think that there's a giant monster in which i mean if you're me that's every lake yeah oh yeah no legitimately (laughs) if i can't see the water i am there i have to fight off the intrusive thoughts of we have no idea what's by our feet yeah 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 that's how my brain works (laughs) yeah i just put my feet up onto the uh roller legs of my chair Oh, yeah, my feet are tucked on the rungs of the stool I'm sitting on. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I, I get it. 
Yeah, like I said that, and then my legs started tingling ever so slightly, despite the fact that I'm in my bedroom at my desk, and I'm like, I'm just going to put my feet up. Oh, it's the same kind of thing I do, like, whenever I have any kind of, whenever I, for some reason, have the desire to be like, I'm going to watch a shark movie. For those who don't know, petrified of sharks. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. went to an aquarium that, thank God, had a moving walkway, because I froze on that thing, because it went by the shark tank, and I'm just like, hmm. Anywho, yeah, if I'm watching a shark movie or anything on that topic, I will pull my feet off so they are not touching the carpet. Don't know why. My brain just apparently thinks, this carpet's going to turn into the ocean. Yeah, it's 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 like the glass shark bit from the Bim Bam. You jump into into a pool and there's going to be a shark there. You you think you'd be able to see it, but no, it's the the shark's made of glass. It's glass shark. That is how my brain works. Yes. I have that thought all the time. Yep. 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 Carpet shark. (laughs) It's the same way with me and snakes. Like I'm just petrified of them. I forgot you're scared of sharks and we made you go through the aquarium. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. And there were See, sharks in that aquarium at the Toledo Zoo. Yes, there were. Uh, those sharks don't do that to me. Like, I don't like them. I will avoid them. I will not look at them. But they don't freeze me in place. Okay. Okay. That's good, like, at least. We're walking around the aquarium and they have, you know, like a mounted great white shark's head that I caught out of the corner of my eye. And then, uh, I don't know if anybody else noticed, uh, I kept my head tilted so that the brim of my hat... Kept it out of my field of vision. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't notice because I was too busy standing up over there ogling at it with Lucas and Casper. And we were just spinning the wheel to make it bite going like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there are three full ass grown adults who are just swinging this wheel as fast as we. And I'm the oldest. They're like 18 and 20, and I'm almost 30, and I'm the one who's like, let's see how fast we can make it go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't even know it did that, because I just caught a glimpse of it and just never looked at it again. Yeah, there's like this tiny little wheel that when you turn it, it makes the the mouth open and close. So you can, because one one side is fleshy and the other side is bony, so you can kind of see the mechanics of it. That kelp forest was cool, though. Yeah. Other than what was on the other side of it. Uh. <laughs> you didn't like the spider crabs, Nick? No, man, I don't like spider crabs. They're just uh, creepy. I, I made Pete go over there with me. I'm like, come like, see the big crabs. Yeah, I walked over there to look at them, and then I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't like. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> so the next crept- crepted. The next crepted. Crepted. Uh, my brain is broken. We'll do this West crepted because I, yeah. I just looked at how long we've been recording. So yeah. <laughs> we'll save now, people next, our brain death. The next crepted is very much tied to the history of Michigan. Okay. I'm excited. That is the, and yes, it is French in origin, but Michigan is an English speaking state. So the Nine Rouge. Right, right, right. Uh, also known as the Red Devil Dwarf. Goodness. First sighting dates back to the early 1700s when the imp crossed path with Detroit city founder Antoine Cadillac. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So the legend goes that uh, Cadillac actually saw a fortune teller. Okay. And the fortune teller told him that he would raise this amazing city that would be so glorious, so wonderful, all these great things. But do not offend the Nine Rouge. Oh. Did well, he offend the nine rouge. <laughs> I mean, if, what kind of story would it be if the character goes, eh, I'm going to follow this fortune teller's advice? Yeah, <laughs> you got it, ma'am. Aye, aye. So the story goes that years later, after founding Detroit, uh, Cadillac and his wife were taking a walk and overheard two people talking about how unhappy they were with the city. Okay. And as he's walking by, supposedly hears. One of the men say, things cannot run very long. Things cannot run very long thus. My wife saw a few days ago, Le Petit Non Rouge. Oh, oh no. Cadillac's wife was instantly startled and told him, Le Petit Non Rouge was the one the fortune teller had warned him about. Cadillac supposedly laughed it off and just refused to believe it. Of course. Uh, But as they started home, a a grotesque dwarf-like figure with sharp tooth grin hobbled onto their path. Okay. Okay. And Cadillac hit the imp with his cane. 
Why? Yep. <laughs> Why though? It's just this little guy's just like, oh, yep, yeah, just going on home. Don't mind me. Oh God. <laughs> Excuse no. me, sir. <laughs> Don't mind. It, like, why would you hit small red Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the story goes, and this part is true. Cadillac's life really took a turn. Oh, I bet. And just hit that fell apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now the story goes, that's why it was the red imp. Of he, course, he of course it, it was. Hit it, and it just destroyed his life. Yeah, yeah. You don't fuck with Red Danny DeVito. And like what the fortune teller said came true. His life fell apart. His children didn't inherit any of the property he had. And the whole thing is that all because he offended this imp. Now, the other part of the story Ooh. is that, yeah, the Nun Rouge still in Detroit and is a symbol of great trouble. Essentially- okay. The, the legend goes, if someone sees the Nine Rouge, it's a warning that something bad is going to happen. So let's see. According to folklore, the, the Nine Rouge was seen prior to the following events. The Battle of Bloody Run in 1763. Oh. A fire in 1805 that decimated the city. Oh, no. General William Hull's surrender of the city to the French army in 1813. The 1967 race riots. And oh, an no. absolutely horrendous ice storm in 1976. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Now, so for, I don't know if it's still going on, but uh, starting in like the mid to, it was like 2010 or something, people started organizing a parade to essentially try and chase the Nine Rouge out of Detroit. Oh, 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 I thought they were, I thought you were going to say it was a parade to, like, honor and appease the the Rouge. I mean, you'd think, given the situation that Detroit has been dealing with for so long recently. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Detroit, though. So, like, get the fuck out of our city doesn't surprise me. Well, it's more the fact that, you know, I feel like a lot of people think that because of Cadillac, the imp cursed the city. Oh, and yeah, it won't probably. ever be appeased. So just fucking get out. Go to Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Chicago. But yeah, uh, but that's one cryptid that is very much in the, the the folklore of the founding of Detroit. That's one. That that's really cool. I didn't know that there was one that was so like deeply rooted in in Michigan's history. Like, of course, Dogman. But like, I I didn't know that there was one specific to Detroit. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, the nice thing about this one is it's not like he goes out of his way to hurt anybody. He just kind of shows up as a warning. He's, yeah, he, he he got Bruno'd. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he's, only seen, <laughs> he's only seen when bad shit happens, and therefore people blame him. He's like, man, I'm just the messenger. Come on. Hey, I just realized something about this article I was reading. Okay. Said he, it, it, it said they surrendered the city to the French army in 1813. Right. Quick quiz. Who did the United States fight in the War of 1812? Oh, no. You've put me on the spot. The French? No, the British. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, The city wait. was surrendered. Um, look, you know what? I can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, now the, I can't because we've drawn attention. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, the city was surrendered to the British, not the French. I don't know. Who the hell wrote this article? I don't know. Such but, uh, you put me on the spot, and I big that, uh, detail wrong. Oh no! I swear I'm intelligent. I'm a smart man. I mean, listen, <laughs> you can be intelligent and not know history. That there are various, but I love history. It was just... But there are various large spheres of intelligence, and just because you know something in one doesn't mean you know something in another, or even all of them. Like it, it it's it's just you. Knowledge but... is a spectrum. I was on the spot, I swear. <laughs> How dare you not know that it was the British who gave us our national anthem. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My whole my whole accreditation is at, is at risk now. <laughs> People aren't going to believe me anymore. Off topic to the current topic we've been talking about, but on topic to what we've recently been talking about. Okay. Uh, it popped into my head because we're War of 1812. Uh, if you do not know the the whole story about how 
the Star Spangled Banner came into existence. It's definitely an interesting topic. I suggest looking it up. Like there's a it, there's a lot to it. But back to our actual topic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there are even there's there's a lot of cryptids to go into. I think one of my favorite ones from Michigan, I'm just going to touch on it briefly, is the Paulding light. Okay. Because it's a light that would just randomly appear like off in the woods. That's that that sounds and, like a yokai. And people were like, oh, it resembles a lantern. It must be the ghost of a railroad brakeman that was killed on the tracks. Oh, no, 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 no. If you actually go to that area, you can see headlights. Oh, no. Oh, like, no, not like ghost headlights, like actual headlights of cars passing by. Oh, OK. OK. I mean, that's good. But like that sounded too similar to like a Japanese yokai that I have I have seen in like movies and pictures and stuff. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Like Michigan Tech students actually went and looked it out. Like oh. they even brought a telescope and they, they literally did. just look and go, uh, yeah, that's US 45. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, uh, or at least that's what they want you to think. It's actually the light. <laughs> Of, a, of an angler fish. I mean, it could be. Yeah. a la- There's a, a land angler and the light draws you in and then it eats you. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to sound on the audio, but I'm hoping it sounds cool. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. No, no, there's like a lot of uh, I like we're not going to get into them. All right no, there's right we'll, there are we'll, so we'll, many. We could easily yeah. do another episode oh, out yeah. of this. We'll, we'll, we'll roll back around to it. But like. The the in 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 Indiana alone, the ones that we didn't even call like green clawed monster, mill race monster, monster snake. I mean that's just a big snake, but you know. And then <laughs> and then it's not the just pup- a big snake, it's monster snake. It's monster snake. Sunday, 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 monster <laughs> snake. <laughs> Up against Bigfoot. <laughs> Wait, is it a monster truck rally or cryptid fight? That's Either way, it sounds like a great time. Yeah. Someday you'll find out. But th- then there's also the puck wedgie. Yeah. So, I mean, there's even more to talk about with Michigan, too. There's uh, Pressy. There is Mishipishu. I mean, I talked on the Pauling Lights. There's the Etta Witch. There's mm-hmm. the Ogre of Sinai. There's the giant green squirrel of Amble. Uh, there's the melon heads of Allegan County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but, but giant green squirrel, huh? Yeah. Okay. okay, cool. All right. Just making sure I heard right. The giant green squirrel of Amble. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, next time I want to hear about the Addo Witch, because that sounds really cool. And then I, I have to hear about the squirrel. Okay. Oh. Well, just to give you an idea of where it comes from. Somewhere in Montcalm County is the town of Amble. Population approximately 16.7. Home to a bar, a church, a cemetery, and a legend. A legend of a squirrel so big, it towers over Amble's tallest hill. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, okay. So it's very much an instance of small town wants attention. Yeah, but, but yeah, also we'll get into said, that one. You said sixteen point seven. Is that sixteen point seven hundred, or is there just no. sixteen point seven people? Correct. But. but Hang really? on, I'm going to look it up and see if there's an updated population for it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's MapQuest. MapQuest will not help me. Yeah, I think it's the appropriate population number since looking at this thing here, post office operated uh, from 1887 until 1953. Oh, boy. They don't even have a post office. Oh, so. boy. So, yeah, 16.7 people. All right. I don't, I really, really don't want to get into how that point seven comes into play. It's just statistics. It's not as nearly as exciting as you might think. Yeah, no, but like, leave it to the imagination. We'll let you figure out where the point seven comes in. I'd like to thank Nolan Dye for the use of our theme song, Chinaski, by his band Sad Gravity. That was a lot of weird energy in the way I read that sentence. My bad. (laughs) <laughs> you can find them as well as his other band, Best Sleep on Spotify. All super, super good music. Please check them out. Thank you, Azriel Jones, our social media manager. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Passionately Interested. So head on over there and 
tell as high because he's still new and uh he needs he needs some love if you enjoy the show tell your friends about us spread us around share share links of uh maybe you have like a, a specific episode that you really enjoyed maybe your friends will enjoy that one like you won't find out until you let let them hear it <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone so much for listening i'm curtis i'm nick did you know that the komodo dragon the platypus the okapi the gorilla the giant squid and the kangaroo are just some of the many creatures that were once thought to be cryptids. Thanks for listening.